Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome to International Christian Center in San Leandro, California. Here's today's message from Senior Pastor Stephen Sumner. How many would say, Lord, I need a little bit more courage? Come on, I need a little bit more boldness in my in my life as a, as a believer. I have to, Lord, take me back to, Lord, your calling for my life. Because God didn't choose to just pour out his love and die for you and love you. And how many of you guys, you, we just, you know, I'm a, I'm a soaker. I can just, I can soak up the love of God and, and worship and, and, and dance and cry. And, uh, but then, you know, you get filled up and, and the Lord says, Steve, but it's not for you. It's not for you. It's for you to give out. Otherwise, if you just become greedy and become self-absorbed, then it gets stale and begets, becomes rotten. And you don't get any new manna. You don't get anything new because you're just a self-consumer. It's all about you and your life. And God, what can you do for me, baby, so to speak? And a lot of us, we come to church, what's God going to do for me today? Are they singing that song that I like? Uh, is the preacher preaching that word it's about me come on you know what I'm talking about but you have to come against those immature thoughts and say no 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 Lord because Jesus said it's better to give than it is to receive God says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be added to you so God knows what you have need of before you even pray God doesn't need your prayer recital or your prayer request no God just says Jesus make me your instrument Come on, Lord, let your blessings come to me so they can come through me so I can release the kingdom of God and bless someone else. So your blessing is going to come as we give out. And so uh, we support you guys. We love you, Alvin and Lacey and your children. I don't know all their names, but you have four of them. And so, Lord, we thank you for a hedge of protection about them. And if anybody wants to give a special offering to them, and we're going to bless them as well. But they're here for, for some time living up in Roseville before they head back to to the Middle East. But anyhow, uh, come on, you guys pray for us, Alvin and Lacey. Lacey, you Lacey, you pray. And then Alvin, pray. Pray for the church here. You're a preacher. You're a preacher too. <laughs> yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this church, God, that you have placed in the heart of San Leandro. It was not a mistake that years ago there was a vision for this church to reach out to a city that had been abandoned and left and not very many churches were willing to go. And Lord, I pray, thank you, Lord, for challenging us today. I pray that you would challenge your people, that Lord, as they step out in faith, that they would not grow comfortable of being in that place, but that the heart for the lost would come upon them right now, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is releasing a heart for the lost, and it's going to be burdened. You're going to wake up in the middle of the night praying for your neighbors, praying for your students, praying for your principals, praying for your boss, praying for your enemies. Lord, I just pray that this church is a lighthouse. I believe you've anointed it as a lighthouse unto this city, a beacon to this world, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I believe that you are expanding, and there's going to be growing pains, Lord Jesus, with that. And I pray that your people people right now that you would give them a spirit of steadfastness to stand in you when the times are uncomfortable, 
when the discipleship maybe is hard, when believing for their lost loved one is hard, Lord, when ministry gets challenging, Lord, or when you call them to walk on the water with you, like you did with Peter, that they would not grow afraid, that they would not look at the circumstances, the impossibility, but Lord, they would believe in you in the name of Jesus. Let it be. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we get to be a part of your kingdom here on earth. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for praying, Lacey. Amen. How many know that Jesus loves all people? In the book of Haggai, it says that Jesus is the desire of the nations. Jesus loves Muslims. He loves every person. He loves, you know that the, the love of God, people say, well, oh, they're sinners. Yes, God loves sinners. Some of us get offended. How many of you guys ever get, you get religious, you get offended if somebody cusses around you? Come on, that's what sinners do. That's what you and I used to do. And such were some of youth. That's the King Jameseth. And uh, the point being is that God's love. So just being, not freaking out, because when you love people, and when you can just maybe, it's maybe not even speaking, maybe it's just being quiet and listening, opening up your heart, giving, sowing, loving. How many know that love is the universal language? And Jesus demonstrated the ultimate love when he died on the cross, and he said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Come on, the glove of God breaks down barriers. It breaks down strongholds. Sometimes, have you ever walked around and you felt like, man, God, it's tough, it's hard. Can this happen? And God says, come on, are you exalting your feelings and what you see above my love and my will? And sometimes God has to slap me, slap past me and says, no, declare the love of God over this city. Declare the love of God over this region. Declare the love of God over any situation because God's love is greater and his love transforms. And so you and I, you and I have to have a, a wake-up call. I was driving down the, the 880 the other day and I had this, I look back. When you drive down 880 into Oakland, I look where I was born and raised. And there's a church. It's a Catholic church, St. Elizabeth, and you can see it. And uh, that's kind of where my, my parents were Catholic. And, and that's where I was born near East 14th Street. It's international. And then I had to just say, Lord, thank you. You've been good to me all of my 53 years. And then I had to have this revelation and not feel ashamed to say it that God put the revelation is that Steve you're the most important person in this Bay Area not to say it in pride not to say it in haughtiness but basically the revelation is that God says I want to use you and the people of God the church to have an understanding is that I'm alive and I'm with them some of us would shrink back and say I don't want that kind of pressure but what if God says, no, I'm choosing you. You're responsible for what God is doing in this city. Most of us would shrink back and say, Lord, not me, not me, but come on. Say, yes, Lord. Say, yes, it is me. And it doesn't mean you have to do anything. It just means like as Pastor Paul, you just say, Lord, yes. Lord, I believe you. What you've done in me, you want to do in other people. How you saved me, you want to save others. 
the faith that you brought me to, the revelation of the saving knowledge of Jesus. You know, for you to get saved and have an understanding, that's a miracle. I don't know, maybe you were born in church. How many of you guys were raised in church? You've been here your whole life and little kids, you were raised in church. Come on, let me see your hand. Okay, I was raised churchy, whatever it was. You kind of, but even if you were, and this is to our teenagers as well, Jesus said, unless a poor a person is born again, they can't see the kingdom of God. Unless they are born of water and of the spirit, can they enter into the kingdom of God? So no matter what, everyone has to have a new birth experience where you see the kingdom but then you are actually birthed into the kingdom where there's something birthed inside of you. The Holy Spirit birthed something inside of you and you become a new person. Some of you guys have never had that experience. But guess what? When you're born of God, you overcome. Everything or anyone that is born of God is an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're, you become an overcomer because the faith that it puts inside of you, what God does, he puts his spirit inside of you and it makes you another person. Everything that you tried to do on your own, you're like, what? I, I, when I was on my own, I tried to do these things, but all of a sudden your appetite changes. Your thoughts change. You feel some conviction. You feel like, God help us if you don't feel it. Because we live in an age where everything wants to numb us to reality. We want to be numb. So like what the word says, don't be drunk with wine. You can be drunk with anything else. You can be drunk with yourself. You can be drunk with marijuana. You can be drunk with sex. You can be drunk with money. Anything that wants to take you from reality, you can, anything that wants to cause you to escape, you can get drunk with. Because getting drunk, I mean, I just, when I used to drink, I, just, I didn't care what it tasted like. I just wanted to get drunk. People are like, did you like the taste? Who cared about the taste? I wanted to get high or get, you know, some people. But the point being is you wanted to escape the pain of your reality. You were trying to, but guess what? When God transforms you and takes you out of darkness and places you into the kingdom of light, then guess what? He fills you with his spirit and you can face life. You can face the nasty now and now. You can even, guess what? You can even face yourself. You can face you. You can face you. You can encounter yourself. Some of us have to have a new encounter with ourselves. Remember when Moses, in Exodus chapter 3, here was God wanting to use Moses, and Moses was a murderer. He killed the Egyptian. He was running from God. He was on the backside of the desert tending his father-in-law's sheep, and he turned aside, and he saw the burning bush it said he saw a flame inside of a bush that was burning and consuming but the bush was not consumed and he said he did something it said he turned aside to see and when he turned aside to look at the phenomenon it says then God called his name and said Moses Moses but what was God showing him God was showing him himself because Moses had a passion for justice. He had a passion for equity. He had a passion, but it was just used in the wrong way. So God says, I'm going to take that passion. How many of you guys are passionate people? Come on. You are. God made you with emotions. God made you with feelings. You have passion. If you don't have passion, ask God for some passion. Come on. How many of you guys just don't like boring, plain? 
Come on. I mean, I, I can be plain. You know, I'm not saying that. But come on. How many of you guys like some spice in your life? Come on. You don't want to just go through the motion, just same old, same old, right? You want, come on. But now our personalities are different. Some of us are same old, same old. Like, I can, I can chill. I can be plain. But how many of you guys got something inside of you that says, man, I'm tired of same old, same old. I'm tired of plain. I'm tired of vanilla, right? I want... I want some uh, spice in it. Give me some strawberries or put something on it. It makes it got some flavor to it, right? And you have passion, okay? How many of you guys like spicy food? I don't really like spicy. My son loves spicy. Uh, but how many know that the Lord Jesus spices up your life? He gives purpose to you. When you go through the motions and you're just existing, I don't want to exist. Some of you guys this year, you don't want to just exist in school. Some of our young people, you know that when you go to school, I tell our young people, you're making an investment in you. Some of us feel like we're not that worthy, but when you go to school and you study, I know this is often, you get good grades, you're making an investment in yourself with your education. That's why you need to study. Man, man, I don't want to study. I don't feel like it. No, you're too important to get D's and F's. Make an investment because you're that important. Look at your number. Tell them you're that important. You're that important. But a lot of times we don't feel that way about ourselves. This is not even my message. I had a whole other message in notes. That's how important you have to, where our theme of our church is encounter. And God wants to, you to have an encounter with him so you can have an encounter with you so you can fulfill. That's what Paul says, that I might apprehend that for which I've been apprehended. Do you know that God's love apprehended you and snatched you? And he'll continue to knock at the door of your heart. He'll continue to chase you down and pursue you. And you can fight. But we had one of my previous, previous pastors, he says, you know what? But you're coming. And he says, you're coming easy or you're coming hard. But you're going to be coming. You can come with a feather or you can come with a two-by-four, but you're coming. How many of you guys needed God to hit you upside the head with a two-by-four to get your attention? Come on, some of us came that way because well, some of us don't learn by revelation. We have to learn by tribulation. But whatever way you learn, you're still going to learn. Or maybe you're not. Maybe you're just going to have a bunch of lumps on your head still thinking you know it all. And keep fighting against God and his love and his will for your life. And kind of be like Jonah and run from the call of God upon your life. And run from the, the, the prophetic word over your life and run from that. And then God's going to have to throw you into the ocean and uh, throw you out in hurricane. What's that new hurricane that's out? The, Dorian? Dorian. Pastor Portia was just in the, uh, you know, I have a picture of it. Nice, calm, Caribbean, Bahama waters. It looks nice and beautiful. But I would hate to be there when Dorian hit and there's a hundred and, but guess what? God will do that to you. Somebody, oh, God is just loving and he's nice and he doesn't test us. No, you don't read your Bible. God tests you. God tests you. And God also remembers your vows. How many of you guys have ever prayed a prayer to the Lord? You prayed a prayer. Lord, I love you, Lord. You got broke down like that song we were singing today. Come on. I, you know, I could have sang that song forever. I'm, your love is, how does it go? Running after me, chasing after me. Mm, I love that song. Because you know why? Because when you surrender your feelings and you do what the Bible says to do, like the Bible says to pay attention in church and not talk. No, it doesn't say that. I'm just saying. Uh, 
But the Bible says to sing. Now, Pastor Steve is not a singer, but Jesus is. And so Jesus puts his spirit inside of me, and Jesus likes to sing. And this is biblical. You could read it in Psalm 22. If you read Psalm 22, you see that Jesus, he lives in the worship and the praises of his people. And you keep reading, and it says, then Jesus start to, starts to sing with his bride. How many of you guys, come on, you ever remember when you were in love or infatuated, whatever, you just were so happy, you just went through the house singing. Come on. You started humming. But it's music and singing, it's spiritual. Now, this is, this is why I love that song, because it's a key. How many of you guys have some keys? Take your keys out. You have keys. How many of you guys have a lot of keys, little keys? You have some keys. Okay. How many of you guys have ever lost your keys? One time I lost, it's, how many of you just feel like, man, I can't function? It's like your cell phone, right? How many of you guys, have you lost your cell phone, your cell, you just feel naked? Or you feel like unattached? Or you feel like, but the keys, what do the keys do? They give you access. I guarantee if you go to your car and you think you're going to drive to your next appointment, wherever you go, and you don't have that key, I'm sorry, baby, you're not getting in and you're not going to your destination, and some of us try to get into the key or into the car of life and or the car of, of doing this thing called Jesus and Christianity and church, and we don't use the proper keys. And so one of the keys is being thankful. I know this is elementary preaching. This is like Christianity 101. But David says what? To give thanks unto the Lord and to what? To come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving because when you're thankful, you get your eyes off of you. And that's our problem. Some of us, we live in our own little world and it's all about me. Come on, how many of you guys can do that? I can do that. It's like my issues, my goals, my problems, my challenges, my loved ones, my my purpose, me, 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 you know what I'm talking about? And God says, okay, that's, that's, that's good, but leave that here and get into his will and get into the word and just worship and become thankful. And then do something that the song says. It said, there was a verse in this song. Where's that song? I'll read it to you. But it says something about anyone that's able I guarantee you, if somebody punched you like Janine just punched her husband in the gut, I guarantee you, if you punch somebody, sorry, Jim, she sent me a text, it's, you know, I guarantee you, if somebody knocked the wind out of you, you would know the, the appreciation of breath. But the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God inside of us gives us breath to breathe. And so the song says that everyone that is able, everyone that is able, that has breath, what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Because you're either going to talk about your circumstances or you're going to talk about what's wrong. How many of you guys can get critical? Come on. You can get critical. You can think about, all right, I've gone through this or this person made me mad or you get offended, right? Or this is not right or I didn't do this or I didn't do whatever it is. But when you get into a place of thanksgiving and worship, then Jesus comes. And when you praise him, he lives in that praise. Because guess what? I don't know about you. Pastor Steve does, is not that smart. And I don't got it all the, together. But I know when his presence comes, 
and I get into his presence, that he lifts me up in his presence and he gives me the right perspective and understanding about him, about his kingdom, about me, about the world. It's because I'm in him or with him. Because just because you're in church or you say you believe in God doesn't mean you're hanging out with God. Because there's a difference between just a mental capacity and having an inward flow of the Holy Ghost where the Spirit of God speaks to you. And when you get out of bed, there's something that just says, Lord, thank you for this day. You've been good to me. Because I'll tell you what, just thinking about God. I mean, I was raised in church. I knew about Jesus since I was a little kid. That didn't help me. That didn't do anything. Yeah, you believe in Jesus? Yeah. Well, big deal. Yeah, he's that guy that died on the cross. But he wasn't alive inside of me. He wasn't speaking. I didn't hear his voice. I didn't feel his presence. When I opened up the Bible and read his word, it wasn't like fire being shut up in my bone. It was just, it was like a, a dead letter. And we know that the Bible says that the letter kills, but it's the spirit that gives life. And so we need the word because we had, actually it was Courtney's great-grandmother. So you guys know when I, I told the story, when I first got saved, and I lived down the street, and I would ride my, because Pastor Steve was a drug addict. And I used to get high every day. It was just, I mean, it was fun, you know, for a little while. You know, sin is pleasurable for a season. But when that season is up, you get broke, busted, and disgusted. I heard someone say that sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you have to pay. It'll take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay and cost you more than you have to pay. The devil's a liar. He's a liar. Because filling, serving Jesus is fulfilling. It's not religion. It's not church. It's not coming to this place on Sunday and just doing that. No, it's, it's an everyday walk where you're consumed with the Holy Ghost. You're consumed with the presence of God, or rather, the presence of God consumes you. But for the presence of God to consume you, you have to want it. You have to want that, because guess what? Pastor Portia, we're on the cruise, we're on the cruise, and guess what? You, you know, on the cruise, you can get free ice cream. You know, free soft serve on the cruise. Thank you, everybody. But I think I had one. But, you know, if you fill up on ice cream, you're not, gonna, you're not even going to want the down the cruise. Thank God we were on West Coast time on the cruise, so we just skipped breakfast. And so uh, the food was good. But you know what I'm talking about. So if you fill up on ice cream, you're, gonna, you're not going to want the filet mignon for dinner. And so what do you want? Well, do you want the counterfeit? I don't know about you, but I'd rather have the filet mignon. Okay, or whatever they had, whatever they were, or the, or the salmon or the fish. But it comes back to you, what do you, what do you want? And so here I was, a young man getting saved, and I lived down the street, and uh, I would ride my bike to, to prayer because I was like, you know, someone says you need to learn how to pray. Just like Jesus' disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to get into your presence. Teach us not just to say words. Okay, Jojo, can I talk about you for a second? No, that's okay. For instance, like when I taught, I could say this because I was ex-Catholic, okay. 
but I'm going to say this. I'm going to tell so when I taught, I taught eighth grade at the Catholic school. And Jojo right there was one of my students. Jojo, you're, you're awesome man of God, Jojo. You are. But, and he goes to Merle High School. But they would say these prayers, like, you know, every day. They, they would start school with prayer. They would start school with saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm like, these kids are praying the right words. They're saying the right words. Our father saying all this, but they don't mean it. I didn't mean it either. Okay, and so it has to be more than just saying words. It has to be something in your heart because God looks at our heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And so in my heart, in your heart, you want God to consume you. But sometimes our flesh doesn't want God to consume us. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Because even as Paul said in the book of Galatians, there's a battle between your spirit man and your flesh man. Your flesh man doesn't want nothing to do with God. Your flesh doesn't want anything to do with consecration and sanctification and yieldingness. Because your flesh, you read it in Galatians chapter 5, it says it loves to party, get high, have sex, act crazy, get mad, be jealous, be angry. It says there's a fight inside of you. Tell your neighbor, say, who wins the fight? Ask him, who's going to win the fight? Whoever you feed the most. Whoever you feed the most. Because there's also a spirit man inside of you that the Holy Ghost has touched and God has touched by his spirit and made alive. And so just, you can read it, it's right there. I didn't make this up, it's in the Bible. It was written before Pastor Steve came along. But in Galatians it says, but the fruit of the spirit is what? All you know them, the nine, the fruits of the spirit. I know I'm kind of diverting from prayer. So I was like, Lord, teach me to pray. I, I don't want to just, just know about you in my mind and, and churchy duty stuff and things that I, I did all my life that didn't really help me. I, it gave me a knowledge of you, but now I want something real. I want, come on, as we go on, how many of you guys want new life? You want a new, you want a, you're tired of the season that you're in. And you're like, God, I'm ready for a new season. A new season. Come on, today is what, September 1st. How many of you guys have ever, you smell when the seasons change? Am I, is it just me? Am I the only one that's crazy? How many of you guys can smell it? You guys know what I'm talking about? That means you have good discernment. Okay. Thank you, Lord. No. Uh, the seasons change. You know what I'm talking about, right? Now, Jesus, Jesus said that to the Pharisees. He says, you can discern the times of the season, but you don't discern what's happening spiritually. But you know what I'm talking about. When the seasons change, you start, there's a, a fragrance. There's a fragrance that changes, whether it's fall or, or it's spring. Um, I don't know about summer and winter, but for me, it's, it's fall and spring. And so there's a season change, but the Holy Spirit would come upon me. So I would get on my bike and I would ride to the to the Bayfair BART station, I would get off at Fruitville, I would ride up to the church, and there'd be two ladies in there praying, and maybe a few other people, and one was Courtney's great-grandmother. She just passed away, and she's, how old was she, 98, 97, 97, but she would say, brother, that's how she talked, she was from the south, brother, you need to get the word in you. Get the word in you. She says, because the word is the wood that the Holy Spirit uses. She was from Oklahoma. Her name was Leora. And I'll never forget that. Because you need the spirit and the word. 
That's why it's good. How many of you guys, you, you, the, the word of God is like water. How many of you guys, you feel, come on, just, this is not that complicated. Just like you feel refreshed when you drink a glass of water, you feel refreshed when you get a cold rag on a hot, sweaty day and wash your face. You feel refreshed when you take a nice hot shower or a bath, ladies, whatever you. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God washes and refreshes you. It puts strength inside of you. It causes faith to arise inside of you. And so that's why you and I, when you read your Bible, it's not like, oh, this is a dumb textbook. No, it's the Word of God that you read. And when you mix it with faith, it produces the life of Jesus inside of you because Jesus is the Word of God. Come on, in the beginning was the Word. Beginning is the Word. And guess what? In, in that chapter, in chapter 1, it says, He came to His own and His own didn't even receive Him. Sounds like the church. Jesus can come visit you unless you, what, receive him. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to receive him. You have to receive him. You have to want him. Because God will never make you want him. He'll knock at the door of your heart. He'll tug at your emotions. He'll speak to your spirit. But then guess what? You have to say yes. He'll never make you say yes. He'll never force you. Not right now. So you have to say yes. You have to say yes, Lord. Put a yes inside of me. Put a yes in my heart. Put a, a yes inside of me that, that wants you. That wants you. That receives you. And then it says this, but as many as receive him, to them he gives what? Power or the ability to become his kids. He gives you the power. How many of you guys say, I need some new power? Come on. I need some new ability to be like Jesus. Come on, because really, our, our, our call of our life is, is to imitate God. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, As his dear children, look it up, be an imitator of God. Now, do you think Paul was making a mistake? Come on, you're like, me imitate God? Come on, how many of you guys you think about, man, my thoughts are too crazy. My life is too crazy. My habits are too crazy. My attitude, my work, whatever it is. Come on. But no, 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 no. You and I are to be his imitators. You're his kids. You and I are his kids. Wes, if you can come back up onto the, to the piano here. And so we today, we're going to have a fresh encounter. Maybe the worship team can come. I'm not even going to preach my notes. I had a whole other 5,000 scriptures to give you on faith. I did share, put them up there. But I will share one of them. I'll share one of my faith scriptures. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, or this is verse 12, it says to fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Come on, everyone's look at your name and say, fight. Come on, fight. How many of you guys like to fight? Some of us don't like fighting. That's okay. Uh, Patrick, you, you haven't been there, but I always talk about this kid that likes fighting, Patrick Miller. Can you stand up, Patrick? <laughs> You've heard me talk about the kid that likes fighting. Don't mess with Patrick now. But anyhow, but he does. But come on, Patrick. Now, Patrick, why do you like fighting, Patrick? 
It's fun. He said it's fun. He said it's fun. Now, Patrick does, like, Kaiba Kinju. I don't even, how do you, how do I say it, Pat? Okay, but anyhow, he likes doing it. He likes getting in there and, and, and wrestling and struggling. And, but how many of some of us, we have, we have a personality that we avoid conflict. Come on, how many of you guys are, are you're avoiders of conflict? Come on, I'm like that. I can avoid conflict. You, when there's conflict, you can avoid it. But regardless of your outward personality, whether you like fighting or, or like you're the kind of person that will do, uh, you know, bungee drive, diving, you just, you know, how many of you guys just like would do that? I, I would never do that. Pastor Steve does not like heights and I would never, you know, jump off a bungee, you know, bridge. That's not Pastor Steve. But in my faith, yeah. in my faith, I would do it, right? In my spirit. And I, and I probably would do it if somebody pushed me, you know, and I had my eyes closed and I didn't have a choice. But how many of you guys have ever done something that you really didn't want to do, but afterwards you were like, yes, I did it. I stepped out. I stepped out in, in faith. I stepped out upon what God, and, and you know, God produces that inside of you. God produces faith in his people. The apostle Paul wrote in the book of Galatians 2.20, he says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. Think about this. I'm crucified with Christ. God wants us to crucify areas of our life. And I know this is not, this is not um, popular preaching, but areas in your life that want to that forfeit you, your destiny, and, and cause you to forfeit yourself, those things. There are certain things of our flesh that we need to kill. Come on. We have to kill certain areas of our life. Bad attitudes and wrong looks and things. Come on. We have to... We have to I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, guess what? God doesn't kill you to keep you dead. You keep living. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I. Is he confused? No. He says, no, the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Come on, can you say, I live by the faith. It's not even my faith. It's his faith. Come on. I mean, you know, Jesus on inside of you is the faith worker. Jesus is faith. Jesus is inside of you, and he will cause his faith to stir your faith, yeah. and it'll be a mixture of faith. So you'll say, Lord, come on, I can do it. Yeah. I can be all that you want me to yeah, be. I can fulfill my destiny. I can feel the call of God upon my life. I'm not just going to go through the motions and take up air i'm gonna know i'm gonna live with purpose i'm gonna live in faith and no matter what season you're in right now guess what god is a god that's with you and he carries you through in the next season that's why you can rejoice that would know me if you're in a season of mourning you're in a season of despair you're in a season of rejoicing you whatever season you're because we're all in different seasons no matter what guess what the season you're in doesn't mean that defines who you are Whatever season you're in, God brings you into the next. But I'd rather go through the season that I'm in with, with his victory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Senior Pastor Stephen Sumner. We invite you to join us at International Christian Center in San Leandro, California. If you'd like to learn more about our church or partner with us, please visit icceastbay.com. Thank you for listening to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. If you would like to learn more about us, please visit EncounterJesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.